This week on Lead One, the Focus Funnel. Welcome to the Lead One Podcast, where our mission is to lead leaders through leadership. The goal is to get 1% better every day. Let's see what Drew and the guys have to say. All right, welcome back to Lead One. I've got the crew with us this morning, Brandon, France, and Sam Buck. That's not how you do it, bro. Come on. What uh, is what you got today? All right, guys. So um, today's topic, we, we can't take credit for this one. Um, a, a guy by the name of Rory Vading uh, came up with the idea of the focus funnel um, and the five stages of that. So for those of you that don't know, I highly encourage you to check Rory out. He's New York Times bestselling author of the book, Take the Stairs, most recently, uh, Procrastinate on Purpose, which is where this whole philosophy came from. Um, and you guys haven't been around long enough to know, but actually uh, Rory spoke at one of our conventions about five wow. years ago. Pretty sweet. Got a copy of his book. And uh, no, Sam, I have not read it yet. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> Got the copy, um, though. But this this information um, has some good nuggets in it. And part of where it came from was Roy talked about the fact that when most of us think about time management, we only think about it from a logical standpoint. But his argument is that time management isn't logical, that it's emotional, that there's guilt, worry, fear, desire, um, it, the drive to be successful, all of those emotions that go in how we manage our time. Uh, I, I thought the great example that he used was you know, the, that particular Saturday, him and his buddy are leaving to go to work and the, 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 his buddy's three-year-old daughter runs out and wraps his dad up. Brandon, I know you know that feeling yeah. by the leg and begs her daddy not to go to work. And, and so it really got him on the concept of there's a lot of emotion that goes into this. And he said that he started with Stephen Covey's principle, which is when you're dividing up your task – Urgency is how soon something matters, and importance is how much something matters. Roy took it a step further, though, by adding significance is how long something matters. Um, and he said that uh, most of the time a good leader is, is going to wake up every morning and ask themselves the question of, what's the most important thing that I can do today? And his argument was there's nothing bad in, th there's nothing wrong with that, but the question that we should be asking ourselves is, what's the thing I can do today that will have the biggest impact on tomorrow? The, the simple fact is, we all have the same amount of time in a day, 24 hours, seven days in a week. But when you become a multiplier, multipliers give themselves the emotional permission to spend time on things today that create more time tomorrow. And that spoke to me because I know I'm, I'm guilty of well, let's just get it done today, and then odds are if it's a recurring task next week, I'm just going to get it done again. Or next month, I'm just going to do it again, and I ignore the amount of time that that task takes. Um, and so to get back to the point, the, the focus funnel, he breaks it up into five stages, the first of those being eliminate. And those of you that have been listening to this podcast, we actually talked about this on episode three with the power of saying no, um, because that that's the whole concept of eliminate is realizing, Sam, when you say yes to something 
and to Rory's point, you're not saying no to something else. You're saying no to to multiple infinite, things. Said infinite things. Infinite things. Yeah. So, I mean, what did you guys get out of that? Um. Yeah. Eliminate was. I, I just felt like you know we talked about it already, and um. And you just got to know what you're saying no to, and we, know what you're saying no to when you're saying yes to something. <laughs> but yeah, that that one was um. That was something I knew already, so I don't really have too much. Well, and Lemonade for me is, is kind of like, you know, you get to a point where a lot of times um, you're saying yes to a lot, right? Um, you, it's hard to eliminate stuff when you don't have a whole lot already on your plate, right? Because right. you're like, I, gotta, oh, I can manage this. It's when you get a bunch of things that you got to accomplish at once, and then you have to uh, – uh, isolate what to eliminate, and I think <clears throat> one of the things I believe he said when I uh, when I was listening was, um, you know, at some point in time that yes mentality has to stop. Like it, it gets you to a point, but then at some point it got to stop, and then you have to isolate and focus on a particular goal. And I think elimination is really about self awareness. When I take it, when I when I know when I'm eliminating something, that means I'm aware about what my actual goal is, and I, I'm aware of which things are going to get me there uh, in the most efficient manner. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. And I think that's the problem is that sometimes we're you're, you, if you're not aware, then you don't realize how many things you're saying no to with that yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's good, Sam. Uh, the, you know, I think as, as leaders, you, you, you get, you're guilty into wanting to say yes all the time. Um, and like what you just said, when, especially first starting out, maybe you can say yes to nearly everything. Cause how, how much, how much stuff do you have to do? And, and as you grow in your leadership, oftentimes your time probably becomes, um, more scarce and, it, it it spoke to me when he said that the most effective leaders say no a whole lot more than they say yes. Um, not just something that I've tried to remind myself of. I have to learn how to retrain my brain because uh, I go into everything with a yes. And then while I'm in it and I have all these things, all these balls in the air, then I start figuring out what to eliminate. So I guess I'm going about it backwards. So I need to retrain myself especially in 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 business uh one of the things he was talking about is duplication and um that's that's a very difficult thing uh because you're worried about today's success majority of the times and uh you're thinking about tomorrow's success tomorrow that's right so thanks for that introduction france because that takes us to the right right, yeah exactly (laughs) to number two and three which is and we're not going to spend a lot of time on number one because i want you to go back and listen to episode three um the power of saying no but um yeah france the number two and three the automate and delegate um aspects of the focus funnel and the way that he broke it down and and i started thinking about how to apply these things in my life. Because to me, both of these things kind of, he's got them as two separate categories, but I, I think they, they go hand in hand because there's a certain aspect of delegation to me that creates automation for the person who's doing the delegating. Um, you, you know, to, to quote Rory, he's automation is to time as compounding interest is to money. Um, in time, anytime you can create a process today that saves you time tomorrow. Um, and I think that, all of us on this podcast this morning have a focus on that, right? When you think about residual income. Yeah. Um, but, 
you know, there's, you can create more money. You can't create more time. Um, and I think one of the examples that he used was simply setting up, taking the time to put all your bills on automatic bill pay. I can tell you firsthand, I listened to him and I sent an email immediately about putting my mortgage payment on bank draft. <laughs> Only because I'm just like, I'm old school. I, I wrote that check every single month. You know, and you factor in the time to write the check, address the envelope, put a stamp on it that costs you 50 cents nowadays, then go to a mailbox, you know, and drop it off. Um, but I also thought about it from, so I recently built a house. And in building the house, we decided to use these uh, Lutron light switches. And I know y'all been to the house, so we've talked about this. But it's a nice house. Um, the the Lutrons are awesome, and they connect to the internet, and um, so you can program different scenes, like a dinner scene, a cooking scene, uh, and it adjusts if however many lights you have connected. And because we were building, we pretty much put every light in the house, minus I mean, even my master closets on the Lutron system. Um, and so, but my brother in law is kind of an expert in this arena. So he came over and helped me set it up and you go switch by switch and sync it to your network and then add it to your app, name it, set the scene, have to adjust the brightness and dimness. I mean, it's to, to program 20 or 30 switches and you're talking about it's couple is hours of work. And I'm, you know, I'm almost thinking like, man, is this even worth it? But it has probably been single-handedly the thing that I enjoy most about our new home just because Brady and I get done cooking dinner in the evening. We sit down at the table, and I pull out my phone and hit a button, and everything goes to dinner scene. All the lights in the house dim to exactly where I have set them or where I want them. We got a chill mode after dinner, so when we're done cleaning up, then everything goes a little further. And I'm a light guy. But I also started thinking about the time that it takes to, to go around and turn light switches on and off. And we've all got, we've all got kids here. And so y'all know what I'm talking about when you're trying to get out the door and your hands are full. Well, part of this app is all off. So I hit one button as I'm walking to the truck, everything cuts off in the house. So I just be curious because I I, I got a little math problem for you here. What's up? It, how much time do you think per day would you spend turning on and off light switches? Seconds. Mm Mm-hmm. Nah, not that house. Probably minutes. <laughs> probably, probably, a, <laughs> probably a minute. Okay. Per day. Do y'all do y'all have dimmers? We got some some rooms are dimmers. Yeah, some. Okay. Because I think if you got dimmers now, it's a different story. Because not only are you going to the switch, but you're also adjusting yep. the dimness. And if you got toggle switches, yep. every time you turn that joker on and off, you've either wide open the dim or turned it all the way down. Yeah. So odds are you're probably adjusting it every time. And I mean, I get I'm a little OCD about this thing, but <laughs> so so I thought, okay, per day two minutes. Okay, that's morning, that's evening right. factored in. You're spending a little more time at home on the weekends, so two minutes a day, 365 days a year, 730 minutes, a, or yes, yeah, so 365 days a year, 730 minutes a year. So here's I was, what? Say goodness, that's a that's a long time. It, it's a long time. Yeah, but I don't know, 730 minutes. I didn't do the math on that of how many hours that breaks down to. But but I did do the math on this. So I'm 32. By the time I finish turning off all my lights, I'll be 40. <laughs> so here's my thing is I'm sure technology is only going to get better. I'm never going back 
right. to an old school light switch again. Right. So I factored the rest of my life, there's some sort of automation aspect okay. in my home. So average lifespan of a male is 78. Um, we're in the life insurance business. We know these numbers. Um, so that, that means I got 46 years left statistically. So if I take those 730 minutes a year by 46 years, that's 33,580 minutes, 560 hours, or 23 and a half days of my life wow. turning on and off light switches. So now that you've freed up this time, what are you going to do with yourself? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like when I get Find down to that, else to automate. That, last, that last month of my life is when I'm, I'm going to celebrate, right? I got, I got 23 and a half more days that I didn't turn on and off lights. But I mean, that's, that, that is a, I mean, there's an expense involved with those things, but it's, it's relatively easy. And you think about that type of element in your life and bill pay. And I'm just, I'm guilty of, you know, Instead of taking the time to show someone how to do something, we as leaders, we do it ourselves. Um, and what, what spoke to me was the 30 times rule. Because Rory says that if it, if it takes you no more than 30 times the amount of time to do the action once, to, to teach or train someone else or to automate it, I'm going to throw that in there yeah, too, absolutely. that's what you should be doing. Absolutely. I think automation and preparation are like go hand in hand to me because I'm preparing myself for something else. Right. Like if, if I'm like you spoke to the automation of the lights. I, when I first think of automation, the first thing I think of is creating templates when you create music. Like the first one of the biggest things that you can do to be more efficient at doing it is know what styles of music and what works for you the best. What And then create templates for all those things. So when you're working with someone, all you have to do is go to a template, pull it up. And you already know, you already starting at a place. The, the long, you look like a genius in a matter you, of minutes, right? Exactly, because the longest process, Brandon, tell me if I'm lying, the longest process is finding sounds. what you want to use. Yeah, finding sounds. That joint is uh, the most, it's not the creation process. It's not the process of, of getting the vocals laid. It's, it's sometimes just going through every kick drum and every snare. And it, But if you have a set thing or set template of how you want things to sound, what works for you, what is your sound, and you created that, now you look more prepared, you've automated the process in a way, and you've probably cut two, three hours off of the daggone session. Not to nerd out on music, but... (laughs) I just nerded out on light switches, so it's all (laughs) right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but another thing is just getting, you know, taking the time to program your drums, taking the time to... You know, get your chords together. You know what I'm saying? And right. then, and then you're just dragging your chord, and then going through the sounds to see what. It's, you know what I'm saying? It's and like, and in my situation, it's knowing what works for me. Like, so because I play piano, a lot of times I might not drag a chord, but I'll know in my mind, okay, this is what I like to use here. You know what I'm saying? Because the hardest thing is one of the hardest things to do when you have a lot of material to choose from, and this goes to sometimes the eliminate process, which we just spoke of, is when you have so much to pick from, it's choosing what's the best option. Not necessarily just what is the best option, but what you want to continue with to automate. You know what I mean? Yo, you saying that just now just triggered me because I sent Andrea to the uh, grocery store <laughs> to get like some ketchup, and she was in the line forever looking at every different brand of ketchup every different uh, size every different organic non-organic you know sugar free sugar free (laughs) all this stuff and then end up getting the one we normally get (laughs) 
So I'm just never going to send her to get ketchup again. But to automation, oh, to the to, automation point though, we got something called Instacart. Yeah, oh, that changed live and too. die by Instacart. <laughs> yeah, buddy. I ain't been to the grocery better. store in two years. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, a little bit back to what you were saying, Drew. I've recently started the process of automating my bills. Um, yeah, because you shamed me early on. <laughs> I did? Yeah, because I said, man, I just focus on getting the money in the account. I, you know, bills just come out. <laughs> and then you said, I think you said something, oh, that's rich people problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, I started I started the automation process. Congratulations. Because, thank you. Thank you. What I found is I always wait when I know it's due, but it's the last thing I do on the day that it's due. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's like, all right. You know, it's like you're going you're gonna hold on to your money as yeah, long right, as right. you possibly can. Right. And at the end of the day, I'm sitting I'm sitting here and I think about it, I'm like, what was the point of that? Because now I, I have this in my head all day that, you know, Misi may have said to me, Hey, this credit card bill is due today or the Georgia Power is due today. I'm like, Okay, I'll get around to it. And it's in my head all day. And I'm trying to remember not to forget all day. Just to pay it at the end of the day, and it stressed me out all day. Trying to remember it, not it, to forget. Trying yeah. to remember not to forget. It took brain space <laughs> yeah. away Com- from me. Emotional or uh, <laughs> cognitive real estate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, mean, I finally started the process of of the of automation, and it's a little geeky. But I was uh, after about two three months of it, I was like, wow, this is cool. <laughs> well, my thing is, I'd just encourage everybody to take inventory of your life your life and your business, but I mean, really your life. Cause I mean, that's, if we're talking about time here, I mean, that's once again, what you can't get more of. And I just feel like, I, I don't know, maybe I'm on an Island here, but most of us have little nuances that we do that probably don't make sense. Yes. I don't have my power bill on automatic pay. Ask me why. Why? I'd like to, I, I, I like to know every month whether I use more power or less power. <laughs> it but, cha- couldn't you, but couldn't you still look? I could, but see, I worry if I put it on auto pay, I, I won't ever see it again because it's just going to come out of the bank. Now, and here's the thing. Am I ever going to call Jackson EMC and dispute the bill? I mean, no, but it's just like it makes no sense, but that I like seeing it for some reason. But it also, listening to Rory made me take inventory of how much time is that costing me, you know, to, to pay that. You can, um, take, you can actually take it a step further. I'm, uh, me and Sam had a conversation about um, – <clears throat> having like a housekeeper coming in and cleaning, cleaning the house. And uh, I was trying to convince him because I was like, man, you ain't there. No way. You might as well just get a cleaner. Come uh, when you get home. I'm never home. Yeah. You, when you get home, it's clean, your bed fixed, everything. He's like, well, you know, I like it. Just certain things in my life that I like to do. Do myself. But like washing for, my car. I would rather wash my car than have someone wash it. I'm right there with you on that. But for, it's for me. There's an the enjoyment. Cleaning, I don't enjoy cleaning the house. <laughs> I don't enjoy it. Andrea don't in- enjoy it. The kids don't. You know, we make them clean their room. Right. But like the the downstairs and the you the know, common the area. Room, you know, the common areas. Delegate. Yeah, but see, Dre's gonna listen to this and be like, he don't clean up anyway, so it doesn't make a difference. <laughs> listen, automated light switches, house cleaner, and Instacart are three things <laughs> I'm not going without. Again. <laughs> I just tell you, I got, I got them all. I'm not going back. <laughs> Um, but Brandon, that kind of sets us up for the, the rule of thumb of the delegation aspect. Cause you know, you're, you, you, unfortunately we're not at a point in time now where we can automate our house cleaning. Um, mm-hmm. but you can delegate it. Definitely. Um, and this is probably, I would imagine what Sam's thinking is, you know, the, 
in the delegation as a leader, you have to accept that um, that eighty percent done right by someone else is better than a hundred percent done by you. Yep. And and I mean, don't get me wrong. First house, of all, house cleaner comes. They're probably going to be better than me. I'm about to say they're 126. <laughs> okay. 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 Well, my to my point is is you know sometimes house cleaner comes. I come home and I I still see Pierce's you know peanut butter fingerprints on the back door glass or you know she missed something. But I didn't sweep the whole floor, right? I didn't scrub the toilet. So there's you, you got to accept that, Brandon. You came in yesterday complaining about the kids cleaning the kitchen, not doing it the way you wanted it yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. But I'm like, but you, but you didn't have to do it. Yeah, but but low key, you have to do it with the kids, though. You got to go back behind them and and tighten it. No, up. but this goes to the teaching about thirty that's, times. Yeah, so right. that's the thing that I didn't do. And you didn't I, spend. Yeah, I didn't spend my thirty times how much how long it takes me to clean up. Yeah. with the children. Right, you know what I'm saying. So. And that was on me. And to, that's a to me, that's probably the biggest shortcoming that most leaders have because odds are you didn't get to the position of where you're at today by accepting imperfection and allowing things to go undone. And so the the delegation part and knowing that someone is not going to do it to your level, that that's, that's the scary part. Yeah, that's the scary. Yeah, scary part for most of us, and a lot of times why we don't do it. And I think conquering. That fear and and uh, um, I don't know accepting that mentality that is, a, is a game changer. Change. But, I, but you also have to be cognizant of the fact that someone allowed you to be imperfect before you got to where you. That's right. We're not thinking about that. But you need to be. <laughs> <laughs> like people f- tend to forget sometimes, man. Like it's, that. I think it's it's more about the relinquishing of the, of power. The, the change and the relinquishing of power. That's really what it boils down to, right? Because at some point, you have to turn over this task. And, you know, like Rory said, it's never going to be to your standards. But you have to relinquish it anyway. Eventually, it will get better. That's like, that's like um, in, in, our, in our business, we all start off as, you know, agents. And then it's, you know, at, when you get become a manager, it's hard to turn off that agent mentality at first because you know you just want to write the most business you just want to you, you know what i'm saying you just want to do the agent stuff when you should be focused on learning how to work lead through somebody yeah you know what i mean so that's 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 definitely you know something we we've been learning here right and it, and it kind of ties into what we're um, talking about you got to accept the productivity loss today for the gain to for the gain tomorrow um, number four was, was procrastinate. And obviously the title of Roy's book is procrastinate on purpose. purpose. Yep. Um, and he, he describes procrastinating on purpose is deliberately deciding that now is not the right time for a certain task or event. So it's not the traditional definition of procrastination because you just don't feel like doing it. It's purposely deciding. And, uh, another shameless plug back to episode three, we talked about this with your, um, you know, your, your go time, your slow time and your no time. And that's identifying when are you most productive, depending on your, maybe your career, when are you most creative, maybe in the music realm and putting certain things off, like some of those administrative tasks of what did you call it, Brandon programming your drum or something? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Something like that. Something like that. <laughs> you you know, you know, maybe you, you don't do that at the time that you're feeling most inspired, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and so, uh, but first, you got to identify 
when are you most effective? Um, I think if you're going to effectively procrastinate on purpose. Procrastinating on purpose. That's I like that. I like that saying. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes we do it in the wrong arenas though. Yeah. Like I mean I could say I wait until the last day your bills do. Right. right. And the last hour. <laughs> I said not the day, the hour. Down to the hour. <laughs> and then you know I don't the, know why I do that. <laughs> I really don't know why. The last step he labels as as concentrate. And obviously, the, the, basically the fact that in order for these tasks to make it through this funnel system, you, you got you to gotta be focused on them. Um, and to me, that's, uh, that's pretty self-explanatory. So, guys, that's, uh, that's all we've got today. Uh, have a good week. I encourage you, like I said, take inventory of your life. Uh, have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We're, we, won't, we won't be talking to you guys next week. We will see you back in 2022. If you got 1% of value from this podcast, do us a favor. Like, comment, share, subscribe. Tell your friend. Tell your coworker. Until we meet again. Lead one.